Hello and welcome to episode 252 of Fergo on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Joining me as always is the, uh, well, let's just say, the genius League Freak. You can find him at Twitter when his band is lifted at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Well, I'm a genius. What do you, what do you mean? Well, I didn't did think I... this is up for debate. Well, well, that's true. I just like to have it for reinforced, really. I well, thought I found something good, you know. I, I saw the results of one of those Facebook IQ test things that you did, and it said, said something like you had an IQ of one hundred ninety-four thousand or something like that. <laughs> I can't argue with that. Remember, they did that IQ test on uh, one of the TV shows once. You had to sit through it and do the IQ oh, test. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I think it was bullshit because I was like, um, I was like off the chart for that one. Yeah. So I, I thought it was bullshit. Yeah, no, I nailed it. Did you? Yeah. I feel like it would be, if I'm putting together an IQ TV show, I'm thinking to myself, I want the viewers to feel smart and good about themselves. Like you don't do a TV show like that and think, you know the outcome I want? I want all of our viewers to feel like a bunch of dummies. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, with IQ tests, they, they are biased towards maths and English. So if your literacy in those two areas is really good, mm. you nail it. There's not much else that's to do with a great deal of, you know, other common knowledge. Like, they don't tell you how long it takes to boil an egg or something like that. There's no yeah. general life questions on your general life IQ. It's just all about are you good at maths and, and English. Well, I mean, how much use would Stephen Hawking be if you were stuck in the fucking rainforest with him? You know? Exactly, exactly. Like, hey, hey, Hawko, can you start a fight? Oh, no, you can't. Oh, Get... Can you can you help us put this tent up? Oh. Exactly. Right. That's because he's dead now, that's why. Anyway, um, something that isn't dead is your smooth nuts. Exactly. My smooth nuts are like, just like, they've got a really nice hue about them, hey? And you can see that, you because I use Manscaped.com's products. And if you go to Manscaped.com and you put in the code NRL, you get 20% off plus free shipping. Now, we've gone through all of their products on this show many times over. Needless to say, the reviews that we get from our listeners that have purchased these products have been sensational. Um, I believe... Uh, Mr. Mrs. Nathan, he he has some Manscaped products. He just, we saw him wearing the t-shirt. Well, I mean, and... let's be honest, okay. I, I'm, I've heard around the traps that mm-hmm. Mr. Mrs. Nathan has decided that he doesn't want to work anymore. He just wants to sit at home and groom his balls all day. Yeah, and that's understandable because once you use the Lawnmower 3.0, you're just like, what even is the rest of life? Exactly. Like, I can just sit here and make my genitals look wonderful with all of manscape.com's products and especially when you can do it for 20 percent off and with free shipping so go there buy something for the special dude in your life for christmas and put in the code nrl 20 percent off free shipping really you got to support the people that support our podcast because they've been a fantastic sponsor manscape.com and we love them absolutely now Something else that we love is when yeah. New South Wales beats Queensland instead of Origin. And that Fuck happened it. tonight. Love it. How good was it? Things have been righted in the world. Mm-hmm. Life is good again. 
It really is. Apart from, as you say, that that recent election result. But yeah, <laughs> everything else is fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was invested heavily in Joe Biden, so you know I'm fine. Invested? How do you invest yeah. heavily? What have you got? Some? Uh, what would you invest? I, I, I had some shares in the Democrats to win. Apparently. Uh, okay. I was going to say, do you have shares in like those adult diapers? <laughs> I probably should have given that both of them were old enough to be wearing them. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, yeah, what a what an interesting game. It felt a bit more originy to me than the first game. What did you think? Um, well, I only got to see the first half because you know, okay. Dad Judy's got in the way, but uh, not that that's a complaint. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't really feel that it was more origin. I felt it was just another game that was fast and flat out. And once the the team in front got out to a comfortable two try lead, mm-hmm. they got very hard to reel back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think though Queensland were heavily hampered by losing Munster because their attack was just pedestrian for the rest of the night. Yeah, it really was. They didn't offer much at all in attack. They really had to rely on, you know, missed tackles and stuff. It was still a bit uh, flimsy on the on on the edges uh, in the yeah. New South Wales defence. But the massive turnaround was bringing in Cody Walker for New South Wales and the halves. Yep. Kiri. It allowed them to have a real five eight. It allowed them to have two different points of attack on the field. It helped Cleary to no end, and the results were there to be seen. He, they both had a fantastic game. You could have picked either one for man of the match, I thought. Um, Cleary had his best game in a, a Blues jersey by quite some way. And, um, yeah, it was a, a pretty damn good performance by the Blues. I, I thought some of their forwards stood up a little bit better than they did in the first game. There's still some room for improvement, though, out of their forwards. But overall, a, a really good performance by them, led by their halves. Yeah, um, I, w- I was somewhat impressed by the Queensland defence the, in the first quarter of the game. Mm-hmm. There was a try there where they stopped a um, oh, great tackle by Frizzell on uh, Papali. Mm-hmm. Right on the line, Papali looked like he was going to score for all money and somehow they stopped him. And then I think it was Gagai pulled one off on Tedesco later on. Mm-hmm. And Tedesco was you know, a few centimetres shy of the line. Really good defence there, but... Ah, oh, man. The centres for both sides were, were pretty garbage. Yeah, I thought... Other, uh, other than, other than Gagai. is the only genuine centre that's out there. The rest are all makeshifts. Yeah, I thought um, Gutherson had another pretty poor game defensively. He just looks... He looks like this is a step too far for him, origin level. It doesn't uh, help that... Look, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to go in his corner a little bit here. It doesn't help that he's playing woefully out of position. I mean... You need to be able to be a very good defender, you know, not just making tackles, but reading, you know, how to slide, where to be in the defensive line. And he doesn't have that because he's no. not a center. He's he's a makeshift fullback. Sometimes he's a 5'8". Yeah, he's somewhere around there, but he's not a center. And having bigger bodies running at him like that, it's not something he's had to deal with for a few years at Parramatta. I yeah. don't know who thought he'd be a great center. I don't mind if they want to put him on the bench and use him as a utility player there. Mm-hmm. That would probably make sense if you have to play him, but surely there's someone else that can put a centre. Um, 
as for, I think Kirk Capewell was not very good at centre tonight, and I think it's because his groin is nowhere near good enough. Yeah, and but like even some, I mean, he was still handling Gutherson when he had the ball in hand. Like Capewell was still getting on the outside of Gutherson somehow. But yeah, he he defensively wasn't good. Uh, his um, lateral movement in defence was very slow. Yeah, um, he he was the reason why they can see that first try, and he was unable to get across in time for the second try that New South Wales scored as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if they persist with him there or not. And, I mean, on the other side, Whiten, really bad defensive breakdown. I said that he reminded me of a headgear-wearing choker from Canberra, the way he was defending, because um, I did a guest in on the um, the uh, podcasting Twitter account tonight. I've never been on that, that Twitter account. It was kind of different. But, um, yeah. How did you get the password off the interns? Well, they gave me the password. Hang on. Um, and, when, you and... say, when you say gave... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing there was a persuasion technique used. Yeah, I threatened them with violence. Good, good. Well, well like, you know, more than Fair. usual. I was going to say, family-friendly violence. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> this is PG violence. Family-friendly violence. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I can't say that. Um, Continue on. Sounds like something you hear the lawyer for an NRL player say, a phrase like that. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I did some of that, and that was that was good fun. But, um, yeah, so the both of the New South Wales centres are, are struggling a little bit at the moment. Um, but, yeah, it's... That, if only look, there was the, someone who could play at centre for New South Wales. Is there no New South Wales-born centres playing in the NRL? Well... Crichton was, I think Crichton would have played, but he got a hamstring injury, I believe it was, leading into the game. Okay, so that's that's one genuine so centre out. One, yeah. And look, I I can see where you have a big body like Whiten and you want him out there, but it just hasn't worked for them in this series. But, you know, the the series is tied now. I would suggest that they're going to have the same centres going into next week. Um, I always said next weekend, but um, the good thing is the halves clicked. I thought it was interesting that um, towards the end of the game, Damian Cook looked a bit tired, and he played a pretty good game himself, but he looked a little tired towards the end of the game, and you saw some of his passes were getting a little bit erratic. Um, he had a fair bit of traffic coming his way at the, uh, in the first half. Yeah, yeah. and But he still managed to make some good runs. Uh, and to look, Tedesco is Tedesco. I think he's been the player of the series so far, Tedesco. Oh, okay. Well, that means Billy Slater will win it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Well played, Billy. So, yeah, we're, know, we're... If it was up to Matthew Johns, we'd be going into a decider. Oh, Robbie O'Davis Davis. Davis will get the, the player of the uh, Origin Series award. Yeah, there'll be, what, six-game series? Oh, you prob- you would have missed Andrew Johns saying that Saifidi in the second half is like, no. Saifidi, amazing. No. Saifidi, 10 no. out of 10. No. He's been uh, pretty poor in this game, too. <sighs> but on the upside... Mm-hmm. How much easier was it to listen to without Phil Gould there? 
It, yeah, I mean, Phil Gould said he was staying at home for this one, and then it turned up he was actually at the stadium anyway. Um, and the commentary was a thousand times better. Billy Slater and Andrew Johns were breaking the game down really well. And it was, as you say, it was a pleasure to listen to. It was so much better. And you know what? After the game, Phil Gould had his say, and it was back to that, like, car crashy listening to him trying to pretend he's Nostradamus about everything. And, I mean, how many times is he going to say, Origin's different in, in Suncorp Stadium? It's like, yeah, Gus, you said it fucking once. You don't need to keep saying it. Yeah. Is it, though? Well, that's a good question. Remember when Suncorp first reopened after it had been uh, rebuilt and they were like, oh, Suncorp, it's going to be so good. So, and then New South Wales actually had a winning record there for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um, I don't know. It, it, there's always this talk that it's some sort of different venue or some sort of extra aura about it. I don't know. Seems a bit crazy if you ask have you, me. Have you ever heard any rugby league player say, you know what, I go to this place, this stadium, and they hate your guts and they boo ya and I really don't like it at all. I think it really puts me off my game. Yeah, like they, they all love all, it. They all love it. They all love it. Even the ones who are even more hated than usual. Like Paul Gallon loved playing there. Mm. Every time. And so much so, he'd get to the point where he'd stir up Queensland fans during the week before the game there just to make sure they hated him even more. Just yeah. so that he would love it even more. Yeah, and the Queenslanders would be saying like, oh, we hate your captain. And we were like, yeah, we hate him too, but still. <laughs> yeah, and furthermore, he loves that you hate him. Yeah. So all you're doing is giving him exactly what he wants, you idiots. I don't understand why they keep putting Paul Gall- a, a fucking microphone in front of Paul Garland. Well, just, yeah, they took, uh, they took one off Phil Gould. Oh, yeah, I guess you got to, you well, know. I think he did a good job with the weather today. Who, Garland? Yeah, yeah, you got the weather report. He had to do the Tony Gregg pitch report stuff. Oh, did he? I mean, I must have missed that part. Oh, mate, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was all written down on a piece of paper. He just had to read it out. He still got the temperature wrong. It was fantastic. <laughs> how about it. how about they had New South Wales and they like, New South Wales walking out of the Centre of Excellence. And in my head, I'm like, hang on a second. Isn't that Centre of Excellence? It's not like right inside the stadium. And the fucking Blues, they had to walk for five minutes to get to the onto the field. <laughs> and then like... <laughs> Have they got them walking from Adelaide? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. As I said, I expected some guy in a funny hat to come out with a disqualification card, Jane Savile style, in the 2000 Olympics. Oh, with the, with the table tennis ping pong bats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they all get on the field finally, and then we've got to have the last word and the ode, and then they, they play a bugle, and then there's a minute silence, and then the well, national was, anthem. And... It wasn't a minute silence. Oh, it wasn't a minute. No, no, it was a minute, but there was no silence. Oh, okay. Yeah, the bugle stopped. Yeah. Which is usually your your sign that you have to be quiet, and then you have your minute silence. Yeah. And then there's, I think it's called the riposte, where he does the the last bit of the bugle playing, and then go from there. And as soon as he finished the first bit, everyone's supposed to go quiet. All you could hear was cheering, applause, and whatever else. I went, yeah, you're kind of doing it wrong. I mean, how many times have we done this? You should know how it all works now. They booed someone too. They, someone must have been on the big screen and they booed them. Oh, dear. 
See, I tune out all of the pre-game stuff. Like, pre-game stuff, I'm there to watch the sport. So I tune a lot of it out, and, like, I'll occasionally glance at the TV every so often. So, um, but, yeah, I always find it weird when, you, you know, there's this moment in rugby league where the Warriors, they run out onto the field, they get out there, everyone's cheering and stuff, and then everything stops and we get all quiet and we'll... I don't know. I, I just think there might might be a better way to do all that. I know I always have. Yeah, I don't know. I think given that it's uh, given that it was was Remembrance Day, they kind of had to do it. Yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm fine. That's I'm true. fine with it. Did we um also now do we have the list of who sung the anthem and who didn't? Because I want to ignore that list. Um, no, no list has been done yet, but I'm sure the old white men at Fox Sports will be lambasting someone for not singing it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, you know, if there's one thing I like in the uh, this land where we are young and free, it's to make sure every fucking person sings that fucking anthem. Yeah. You are free, but you're not free to refuse singing the anthem. You must be f- singing the anthem as freely as possible like everyone else. Otherwise... Fuck you! Yeah, yeah. Like I know, I know you're young and free, but it's not real freedom. Does that mean that when you're old, you're not free? That's a good point. I guess when you're old, you're just happy to be alive, still, aren't? <laughs> old and locked down doesn't really <laughs> rhyme too well, I guess. Well, look, there they are. They're all fucking old and locked down. Well, uh, they're all free. old and dying. The poor bastards. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that's pretty much the origin wrap up so far, isn't it? Yeah, it was a, it was a. I mean, obviously, as New South Welshmen, we're going to say, "Oh, it was a good game," but I thought it was a, a little bit higher quality than the first game. Uh, I think Queensland were unlucky to get that monster injury early on, as you said, and and yeah, it sets up a decider. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I don't think New South Wales is going to make any changes. And look, I. I can't see Queensland really making any changes either. Yeah, that'll be. Um, I think it'll be pretty similar sites for next next week. I guess the only thing is making sure that Munster gets cleared to play, which I'm sure he will. Yeah, I was thinking the uh, UTI pirate. He's got another seven days of content. He can pump out. It'll be good for him. Yeah, it'll bitch about something there. Yeah, it'll get him out of the house. Now, there was a a story from over in England, mm-hmm. not from Super League, but from the RFL. Mm-hmm. And they've got an idea where they they're thinking about combining championship and league one together next year as having one large competition. Now I've heard somebody suggest this. It was a uh, historian and a statistician from Australia suggested this. I had done a few times, yeah. Mm. And uh, I think now that they're starting to talk about it, I think we should probably have a quick look into it. Yep, because. The RFL is doing it because they think that it might be a way of helping all the teams out, I guess. You know, you you bring the poorer teams up to the same level as the, as the best teams in championship, which yeah. when you do that, you're, you're likely to have the depth players for the, you know, and when I say depth players, I mean your, you know, your reserve players that you've got for the top teams in championship. Mm-hmm. They'll be wanting a full-time regular role in the starting lineup. So some of those are going to go to the weaker teams where they know they'll get a start. Yeah. 
that will in turn help improve the quality of the the poorer teams and therefore make the competition a little bit more even. So it's kind of like a salary cap, but with playing talent. Yeah. That's that's the general rule there. So there's a fair chance that could work. You're still going to get, though, maybe three three teams at the bottom of the uh, of the table there that are going to be whipping boys. Yes. And I think after two or three seasons, you're going to find out which ones are just not going to come up. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, you know what, let's cull, let's cull two or three teams, mm-hmm. drop them down to the uh, whatever the, what is it NLC or whatever I can't remember the name of the competition. Mm-hmm. You go to the next one down. I think it's uh, amateur or, or semi pro or something like that. They can all go down there to that one, and you just got a condensed group and still a pretty big competition, eighteen odd teams. Yeah. Um. But I think the RFL should be using it as an opportunity to challenge the Super League. So, right, we are going to be mm. a rival competition to the Super League. Mm. If teams still want to get, you know, if we still want to do the promotion relegation thing, that's fine. But they should be trying to position it as a as a rival, but still work in unison, so to speak, in that regard with the promotion relegation thing. Um. The other thing that came out too today was, I think it was, was it Lee Centurion said that they would be, they would be keen to uh, accept promotion, and in return, they will not ask for any of the central funding from the Super League. Yeah, which is uh, interesting because you know the leagues had their own financial problems. Yeah, it'll be good for one season, and then they'll get yeah. relegated again. Look, I, I think any team that goes in and says they won't take the central funding is mad. Oh, I would it's... say, look, we will go in, we'll apply, but we 100% want the central funding because we have earned it, we deserve it, and, you know, we're playing in a salary cap uh, league. You know, why would we then take a hit straight off the bat it's against all, all of these other teams? And I'd be calling the other teams out. I'd say, what, can Leeds not afford it? Can St Helens and Wigan not afford us in the competition? Of course they can. They don't. Fu- they don't want to though. Yeah, and uh, well, I'd call them out and have some fucking balls about it. You know. Yeah. Well, the Super League needs to come out and say, you know what, we're going to cap how much funding goes to each club, and it's going to be this amount. We're going to have twelve teams. This is, this is what the slice of the pie is, and you'll all get the same amount of pie. It doesn't yeah, matter you know, if a team comes and goes or whatever, because you're all getting the same amount of pie. Yeah, but you know what the Super League's like. I mean, That's it's a right. fucking shit show. Like, they've they've announced this week that they're going to set up an independent panel that's going <laughs> to judge the 12th team that comes into the competition. Oh, it's and nice it's like, to, I was going to say, it's nice of them to have brought that in after they've just culled a team. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, it's look, it's a fucking mess over there. There's talk that the Rugby Football League want to take back over. Super League competition, which I think they've wanted to the whole time anyway. Like, they weren't the ones that were saying, oh, yeah, go away and, you know, allow us to have little to no input in the comp. Mm. Um, it's such a mess that I just throw my hands in the air and think, oh, look, fucking, you know, do something or die at this point. I don't really give a shit. You know, they've they've already said what they want to be, which is an inch little Northern England competition, and that's fine if they don't do that. Fuck them. Well, I think if the RFL was smart, they would see how much animosity there is out there at the moment towards the Super League mm-hmm. for getting rid of Toronto. Yeah. RFL would say, you know what? We'll take Toronto back in championship. Yeah. 
if they want to get any any sort of credibility out of this, and given that they voted apparently to keep Toronto in the comp, mm-hmm. that's their way of proving that they they stand by their word. They would reinstate Toronto and get them back in championship, and start talking with the new owner about making sure that all of those players from this season get paid and put a system in place to make sure that they get paid first and foremost ahead of anything else going forward. And that should be something that they do for every single club at every level. Oh, 100%. I'm sick of constantly hearing about Super League players not getting paid. It's ridiculous. How many of the fucking officials do you reckon don't get paid? Zero. Between zero and zero. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and... Look, I think that the problem that Toronto would have is you'd be flat out finding somebody that wants to own the club so that they do just compete in championship with, because obviously Super League doesn't want Toronto there. So there's no prospect of being um, promoted. Which comes back to what I was suggesting about RFL needs to run as a, try and set themselves up, I guess, as a alternate yet equal competition to the Super League. Mm Mm-hmm. They can have all of those teams. They can they can do all the expansion there if they if they're that keen on it. They can have all the expansion there, and leave Super League with their ten team or comp, whatever they want to have twelve team comp. Mm-hmm. RFL is going to have teams in you know all, they can have teams from all over the place. It would be interesting if the Rugby Football League did get Toronto on board because then and then they said, look, we've got Toronto, we've got Toulouse. If they don't get promoted. Up in Super League. Yep, they've got the they've London got, Scholars. Yeah, they've got the London Broncos. Um, West you know, Wales. If they then went to a team like, say, Hull KR and said, you know what, you can come down into our competition, be one of the heavyweights, save yourself some costs. Because I think that championship level is actually the level financially that rugby league in the UK can actually support. I don't think Super League is sustainable. It hasn't been for years. Um, and, and that would be interesting to see if the Rugby Football League really did start to cannibalise Super League on some level. Because there'd be plenty of teams in Super League that if the Rugby Football League could put together a decent enough league where the costs are cut, it, you know, it'd be really, really tempting. It'd be really tempting. Even if they said, look, we'll do it for a couple of years while we just get over COVID, because these teams are still paying all of the, mm. well, they're, they're getting a lot of the players' wages paid for in, in other ways, but um, they've still got a lot of costs and stuff that, you know, they're all getting into the, the hole with because they've got no crowds. So that's right. So that's the other thing too is they could look at is um, signing up with some sort of streaming network. Yeah. And have the games live streamed. Mm-hmm. have advertising and stuff like that everywhere yeah. and try and get a few dollars out of that. And you don't need to worry about TV then. Yeah. Because all your games are then live on, on the internet. You can just have people watching on their phones, their tablets, their computers, that sort of stuff. And they can take that step in that direction. And I bet it would not take them long to be getting the same sort of money from streaming rights as what Super League gets from whatever they, you know, you know, whatever the value of their free pizzas are. Yeah, well, look, Super League is facing the same thing that Rugby Union in Australia is facing, where they've got this gig- they're going to have a gigantically reduced deal. Um, you know, they're going to have to take whatever they can get. 
and then they're going to have to try and tart it up, you know, through the media outlets that they're friendly with who are like, oh, yeah, this is actually a great deal. I know they're getting way less money and way less people can see it. And, you know, it's absolutely terrible. But it's really good if you look at it from a different point of view and it's just the point of view of, like, you know, be doing all the fucking acid in the world. Yeah. Um, Super League is a, is a almost dead competition and the Rugby Football League needs to set up the alternative to that. That's right. And one, one other thing I'd say in there is the RFL should, for a bit of change and to have a bit of a rep thing there, mm-hmm. have the War of the Roses again, which was Lancashire versus Yorkshire, just a one-off game, mm-hmm. have it in the middle of the year. That's their one rep game that they can use as a a sweetener in a TV rights deal or slash live streaming deal, something like that. We're going to have a rep game. But no one cared about it. I know. But if you're having it as just something that the players can strive for as well. But the players didn't care about it. Well, if, they, if, it, if it comes together and it, it produces a little bit of extra funding through a, a, a sponsorship deal, then you can say to the players, you'll get paid a bit extra to play in this game. That can be what it needs. So I think they should just play England versus France. Um, well, that know, would work, but the <laughs> Superleague players would have to be involved in that. Or well, is they, it just going to be England B or something like that? They, let those Superleague players turn it down. Let them turn down a test jersey. I'd, I'd be fine with them turning down test jerseys if they don't want to be involved in it and watch France go out and play and win and let England keep getting beaten. I got no problems with that. That's fair enough. <laughs> I say so I've got that look. I I know I sound angry about it all, and I am. Um, I've just seen this this steady decline for so long, and this is like the very tail end of it. And I just I just can't be bothered with it anymore. Like I've been talking about it for so long, and then it's actually happening. And it's like, yeah, of course. It's like not putting fucking oil in your engine. And then all of a sudden, that your car's been smoking for the last 10Ks. So like, yeah, that's what fucking happens. You know, let's run this shit to the ground and fucking step out of the steam and wreckage of it and walk the rest of the way. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what's coming. That's what's coming. Well, so this is, that's probably why the RFL being separate from the Super League is a good thing, because if the Super League shits itself... Mm. RFL's still available, and it's going to have the premier competition, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's why they should set themselves up as that genuine alternative. More teams, more locations. They should just go straight for live streaming. I wonder if the Rugby Football League... I mean, there's going to be... It's it's hard, because right now, the travel thing is a problem for everyone. And I've heard alternatives where... Some people in the British game want there to be a Lancashire and Yorkshire competition again, like two separate competitions, so there's less travel, um, which is, I mean, that's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Hang on, it's not that far to travel from Lancashire to Yorkshire. I know. It's, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know this, Andrew. They could just they get don't a, fucking know this. They, they just get a bus this. ticket. Look, I know. Get on the train. <laughs> Do you know what it's you know what it's like when you get on a train over there and you're like, oh, this is the same distance between fucking Central Station and Penrith. Why is it a fucking cross country train and I'm paying shitloads for? Well, when 
when the first time we went over there, my, my missus managed to find um, a deal with all the local bus systems there where you only paid five pounds. It didn't matter where you went. It just cost five pounds. So we went from um, Huddersfield to London for five pounds on the bus. Oh, really? It's <laughs> fucking brilliant. <laughs> oh, shit. See, these things can be done. I'm How sure long they did went, that take? Um, oh, about a week. No, it was. Um, God, it did take a while. A few Long hours. The longest bus trip I have done non-stop was uh, Sydney to Canberra, or Canberra to Sydney. Really? Yeah. Mine was Sydney oh, to Brisbane. Sydney. Sydney to Brisbane? Mm. Fuck that. First first Christmas with my missus, and I'd worked the night before. Mm-hmm. I was working at the Roosters Leagues Club. Mm-hmm. And so I started at 8 p.m., finished at 6 a.m., I walked over to the bus terminal. She was waiting there for me, and I got on the bus. And I pretty much stayed awake the whole time because it was very uncomfortable, and it was about 10 hours. Wow. And then got to Brisbane. Well, what was Brisbane. up in Brisbane? No, her family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah, I'm a nice bloke like that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the longest bus ride I've had, other than the ones where the buses, you know, the, you get the... Uh, the train replacement buses in, in Melbourne, they feel like they take about 20 hours to, to do, do a simple journey from one station to the next. I did a train replacement bus. I think it was when I went to the Grand Prix when I was 18 with my friends. And on the way back, it was train replacement bus from Central to Blacktown. Oh. Yeah, that was not fun. I had one from Bondi Junction to Cronulla once. Oh, really? Yeah, at night. Oh, that must have been fun. That was not good. But there we go. Man, we need to liven this up. We're talking about bus journeys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, as soon as we start talking about English rugby league, we're trying to find other boring things to talk about. Well, it's more exciting to talk about fucking bus trips than it is Super League, and that's the problem with Super League. That's the problem they've got. Like, who gives a shit? Like, Super League playoffs are what they're starting next weekend. Is it this weekend or next? I don't care. This I weekend. This I weekend. Say I don't give a fuck. But I'll talk to you all day about bus trips and What's train the, trips around. Like, if we're honest, if yeah. the English rugby want to go away and, and start giving away free sponsorship and shit like that, then they need to make it sensible. So, you know, if they want to make it free, then they should just go around and make it stuff that they can use that's going to mm-hmm. save on costs. So go on the lines of those up with a bus line, with a train line, with a fucking airline, with the hotels. Give away free sponsorship to them, and in return, they say, okay, we'll give you 90% off or 80% off on all of your costs in this thing here. Save the club some fucking money if you're going to give shit away for free. Yeah. Who gives a shit about fucking tuna and corn pizza? Pizza, tuna and corn. Is that that really a financial burden on on, uh, Super League clubs? I know, right? The fuck? It's it's madness. It's really madness. But what can you do? I've got to ask, mate. Which do you rank worst? Mm. The tuna corn pizza deal, mm. or the Stobart stickers deal? It, for me, the Stobart stickers deal, and I'll tell you why. Right? Because the tuna and corn thing, the tuna and corn pizza, that's like that's not their big sponsorship. Okay, and when. They did the Stobart deal. They actually, that was their title sponsorship for Super League. And 
it they actually did make money off that right up until the Stobart deal, and for some reason it tanked after that. I don't know why. It was really devalued in some way. It's crazy. But, yeah. It's I almost know, like right? they lost all their bargaining power. It really did. It really did. And there it was there was so much hoopla about it from the powers that be. And like I immediately launched into it on my website. It was pretty funny because it's it's so obviously stupid. And there were some people that defended it. There were some writers that defended it in England. Um, and then then people started being like, you know what? I haven't seen one of these trucks. I see. I've seen. Oh, I, th- I thought I saw one, but it wasn't that one. And like these trucks were overstated in how many there were. And so people were starting to realize that they're not seeing these fucking trucks with super league players on them. And then someone would say, I want to take a picture and that. And it just tanked it all. It, t- it tanked all of their commercial dealings overall, really. Cause it, you know, if you're willing to give away something that important for free, how much is everything else really worth? Yeah. It's, uh, um, wasn't, wasn't the other thing that the Stobart trucks, were basically based in the north anyway, so they were just advertising to the people who already knew about it. Well, look, there. One of the things that the people that supported the deal said was that this is going to get Super League um, exposure across the UK, and it just that, that didn't happen. Like, and and like, who, who's going to know in fucking I don't know Cornwall? What the who the fuck is on the side of this truck? It's like you, you know, yeah, the truck goes flying by at a hundred k's and you go, what was that? Look, I'd say, I'd say this right when you're when you're driving around in Australia, okay, and I'm gonna say you'll know what I'm talking about. The only thing you see on that tr- on a truck that sticks in your mind is that smarmy little bitch eating fucking watermelon. <laughs> Have you seen her? No. Uh, there are plenty of people that are like, yeah, that that little smart ass on the back of a truck eating watermelon. Must be a New South Wales thing. Maybe it is. Yeah. Mind you, we haven't had trucks doing anything down here for six months, so. Yeah, well, the, the only thing I know about Victorian trucks is that they take COVID to fucking Queensland. That's pretty much, yeah, they take it in the back of the truck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we've just got boxes of it down here. Yeah. It's, hard to, it's hard to sell that stuff, man. I, you know, I've heard that the COVID in Victoria is world famous. Well, it was until we killed it. Yeah. Yeah. But there you go. We won't get into politics here. No, no, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> now, there was a bit of um, a bit of pre-match talk, and I think it might have been coming from Paul Kent. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he was pretty much lamenting the lack of fighting in Origin. All right. And during the game, mm-hmm. there was a bit of a, well, Payne Haas had his jumper ripped. Yeah. By um, Tino, long name. <laughs> um, and Wayne Bennett has gone out and blamed the media for it. Well, for the fight. Yeah, because he was the one that was talking. To, you know, they were they were fueling a fire, so to speak. Okay. You know, it's it's weird that y- you'll see like two like super fit 
115 kilogram warriors out there. But if they throw a punch, they're going to go and sit in a naughty place. It just seems so stupid to me. And look, I understand why they brought it in. I know all that. But it just seems silly to me. And, you know, I, I'd, I'd have no problems if they brought back punching. I really wouldn't. But then again, I'm not the one getting punched in the face. Yeah. Yeah, I... I'm I'm fine with it not being there. It doesn't I'm I'm not fussed either way to be honest. You know what I would have done if I was out there in the field? I'd have grabbed Josh Papali and said, Hey, where's Daly Cherry Evans? I'm gonna fight him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Papali <laughs> Can you tell me sir. where your captain is? <laughs> sir. Yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> Yeah, down here, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Papali, did he pull Gutherson's hair? No, he he pulled Crichton, uh, Angus Crichton's hair. Um, oh. There was nothing in it. There was nothing in it. But I, I look, I'm from the school of if you don't want your hair pulled on the footy field, cut your fucking hair. <laughs> exactly right. You know, Um so I, I when it, when I see players getting their hair pulled, I'm like, yeah, well, that's what happens. Exactly. Oh, look, here's an article. Aussie Shamers Origin Minute Silence Ruined by Idiots. Oh, I thought it was going to be one about people not singing the anthem. Oh. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, that is a real shame. Is they were always going to find something. There's always people that are looking for the very worst things. It's like you get this good footy game and all this stuff, and it's like, what do we talk about? Let's talk about... Let's talk about the concussions and, uh, you know, some idiots yelled out. There's 30-something thousand people there. Let's talk about that, 15 idiots that couldn't help themselves. And by the way, yeah, when there's a game on that's supposed to start at 8 o'clock and it starts at fucking quarter past 8 and you've made people sit around and they're drinking beer and it's summer and stuff, guess what's going to eventually happen? This, I mean, who even knows if these people even know what the fuck's going on at this point? Like, yes. there's been plenty of there's been plenty of state of origins and stuff where by the time it's kicking off, I don't fucking know what's going on. I know there's a blue team and a red team playing. I don't remember shit. Now that we're getting into this, mm-hmm. I am now officially over state of origin being on a Wednesday night. Now t- you've got a reason for this. Tell me what it is. I've not been able to watch either game all the way through because it's you know. I've got to take my daughter to bed because I'm not going to have her stand up till 10.30 when she's going to go to school the next day. Mm-hmm. I take her to bed and I you know, read, you know, help her read. She reads back to me, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I don't want to um, miss that. I always want to go and do that because it's helping. You know, I like being with her. I like reading books with her. Yeah. And I can't sit down and watch Origin because of that. Mm-hmm. Origin should be on the weekends. There's no reason for it to be on a Wednesday now. What's it competing against on the Saturday or Sunday? Nothing. Put it on yeah, the weekend, for fuck's sake. It's the end of the year. Who gives a shit? But I, d- I don't understand why why you feel it's imperative that your daughter can't stay up until 11 o'clock for Origin on a school night. Like, I mean, at some point she needs to grow up, Andrew. Yeah, but she also needs to know how to read. I can't teach her how to look after the Rugby League Project website if she can't read properly first. That's true. That's true. But this is imperative. Look, I'm looking at it. You're very close to the situation. I'm looking at it from a little bit of a distance here, right? 
Her mum's a Queenslander, so how good she really going to read anyway? That's why it's so important that I help her with this. <laughs> I've already got her maths going well. I need to keep the keep going. It's working well. It's going good. Can't have any backward steps. That's true. That's and she true. does support the Blues. Well, that's she's halfway there anyway. See? So she's going to be a leader amongst people, being a blue supporter. She's inside. My wife's not a Queenslander. Parents just had to borrow one of their hospitals. <laughs> but she supports Queensland, doesn't she? Out of sympathy. Sympathy. Yeah. You know what that's like. She supports a New South Wales team. Yeah, true. But it, it, it's the Sharks. It's better than any Queensland team. Yeah, yep, but is done. it? Is it though? Yes, it is. I've been trying to move the Sharks to Queensland for fucking three years, and there's a reason for that. Queensland shit. Yeah, and so are the Sharks. Yeah, but they're not as shit because they're not from Queensland. Okay, okay. You're making a good argument. I know. That's what I do. Yeah. They, look, I, I like. I think that the game should kick off earlier. I think that it should be seven thirty kickoff. On a Wednesday night, then the game's yeah. over at nine thirty. That's not bad. That's doable. Seven yeah. o'clock would be a good start. Yeah. No reason why they can't start at seven. But the game tonight kicked off at quarter past eight. Yep. Silly. Exactly right. It is. No need for it. Mm. So yeah, I'm I'm sick of it. And yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I, gonna I, I'm gonna join the dots here. Okay, I'm gonna say that the reason why the viewer numbers are down is because too many people are taking their kids to bed and they can't sit there and watch it. There's that possibility. I thought you were going no, to no, say... No, I'm no, just, I'm just going to say it's fact. I, I, I thought you were going to say daylight saving time there for a second. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're going down that path. <laughs> it's tempted. It's tempted. What path? What path? Yeah, that's right. Um... Now, there was, something, there was something funny that happened too tonight in the pregame. Oh, really? What was it? Carl Stefanovic trying to pronounce rugby league players' names. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> Whose names did he fuck up? Everyone's. Oh, really? <laughs> Everyone's who wasn't white and Anglo. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh. The thing is, he's sitting there next to Paul Gallon, and Paul Gallon's looking at him going, mate, can you read? <laughs> <laughs> You know, to yeah. be like some of them, some of the Pacific, like I, I'm pretty good with Pacific Island names, right? But every so often there'll be one. Like I love names like Palliacina. I love Palliacina, Fekka Palliacina. Oh my goodness. Oh, yes. Papali, that's another good one. Um, but then there's ones every so often where I look at them and my brain just has a car crash. <laughs> it really does. But it's not often, it's probably. I would say it's maybe one in uh, in the NRL. Look, it might be one in a hundred. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> you know the the weirdly the one that uh, gets me the name is uh, Finnecane. Oh yes. For some reason, I, I when I see his name, I, like. It just my my brain just doesn't think it should be Finnecane. Not not Finucane. 
it, I don't know what I think it should be, but I feel like it should be something else. Hmm. And I don't know why. <laughs> Pretty sure he, he announced that it was Finucane. Oh, did he? I think so. Okay. Well, that's one thing, one thing that you can um, always say about Andrew Voss is that he will make sure he gets the pronunciation right. He will ask the player directly if he has to, but he'll find out and he'll make sure he gets it right. He'll do two things, right? He'll always get the player's name pronounced correctly and he will always reference some fucking tiny town in northern England and what they like to fucking eat. No one fucking cares about it, Andrew Voss. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Can you just stop? That, that's that's pretty much half my gig on here. Is it <laughs> is it chip balm or chip butty? Isn't it isn't it chip butty? It's a fucking chip sandwich, that's what it is. <laughs> Stupid pommy idiots. Chips with bits on? Chips with bits. <laughs> you know, after the game, they were showing their New South Wales and Queensland sheds, and they handed, they were handing out, like, um, little packaged meals to them, which I've never seen. And it wasn't free pizza, by the way. But, they were, like, one of the things looked like it was a lasagna or something. Man, it made me so hungry. <laughs> I just I so wanted to do an Oporto, a Porto smashing, but I didn't. Oh, man. A Porto. No, shut up. <laughs> Instead, I today I had a couple of Vietnamese rolls. That's not gonna... that's that's not going to cover the gap. Well, I also I also ended up buying half a cooked chicken as well. But that's all I ate today. Trying have to you, have you got it. like have you got like Uber Eats or menu log or Deliveroo to bring you a bit of uh, a porto? Mitch Moses didn't do anything, mate. You could have got him <laughs> to bring you some some chicken. I wonder at, at what point Mitch Moses gave that gig up. Um, when he signed one of those stupidly big deals at the West Tigers. <laughs> By the way, the West Tigers think they've got Addo Carr. They think if he leaves, he's definitely going to them. It's so weird. He's not. Addo Carr's not going to the Tigers. I don't think he's either. It's just so weird that they're so adamant about it. Yeah. Ah, uh, he's not going there. <laughs> the only time he'll be at the West Tigers is when he's got to play against them. <laughs> they'll sit there and they'll probably sulk over. Oh, you saw this naughty napkin. Would you say you're going to come here? <laughs> then they'll be. Salty and bitching and moaning about that for another 12 months. I suppose it'll stop him from bitching and moaning about Ivan Cleary. Yeah, yeah. It'd be Maybe handy. not. You never know. But at least, like, it'll be a weird grudge that they'll have against Addo Carr, wherever he ends up playing, where it's like, it, it, once again, another rivalry that, like, the other side doesn't give a flying fuck about. Exactly. I mean, they did have Addo Carr. Mm. And the Storm came in with a moderate offer to him, mm-hmm. and the Tigers refused to match it, so mm-hmm. yeah, they can still get salty, I guess. Well, you know, tonight I'm watching a game, and I'm watching um, Tedesco just playing so well. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, like, because I was thinking about this West Tigers stuff, it must have been mentioned in the commentary, and I was thinking, like, if Tedesco's at your club right now, say you're a bottom-level team, and 
is at your club right now and he starts even talking about leaving, how much do you give him so that he cannot possibly leave? I'm thinking to myself, like, I mean, a million and a half I'm talking about for him. Like, I'm making him have to give up half a million bucks to go somewhere else. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that he was at the Tigers. It feels like a long, long time now, but it was only a few years ago, you know? Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you think of some of the, the contracts that the West Tigers have signed with players between that time that he left and and now, and it's like, how did they even let him think about leaving? What the fuck were they thinking? Well, you'll remember they had the, the Tigers had the, use quotation marks here, because I think it's trademarked, Big Four. Mm. And it was uh, Aaron Woods, Luke Brooks, Mitch Moses, James Tedesco. Yeah. Tedesco, though, was pretty much always going to leave. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's I'm pretty sure his family were had been long-time friends with the Minicellos. Yeah. Anthony Minicello had been in his ear about going to the Roosters at some stage. I think Tedesco might have even grown up being a Roosters fan. So the club was probably reasonably um, confident that he was going to leave. They still gave him an offer, but it wasn't it wasn't anything that the Roosters couldn't compete with. I think it might have been like seven hundred grand or eight hundred grand or something like that a season. I'm I'm guessing. And that's what um, I don't understand. Like, don't you even back then? Like, we kind of knew if you didn't know he was going to be what he is now, you kind of know that he was going to be a certain level of player and one that. You know, they brought through their lower grades. They He got that injury. They waited another year. And then they just, they didn't really fight to keep him. No, well, they they were spending a lot of money on, you know, middle, middle of the road players. Like Aaron Woods was on huge coin. Yeah. And they were offering him an upgrade to keep him. Mm. And, I mean, he threatened to go to the Bulldogs a few times. He went yeah. and had meetings with them. Um. Mitch Moses, they offered him, I reckon they must have offered him close to a million dollars a season. Um, Brooks, I don't think Brooks has offered too much, and I think he may have taken a, a low ball offer, mm. um, him personally, in an effort to try and keep some of his teammates there. Mm. And they all did the dirty home and fucked off. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Tigers had, you know, on, on decent coin, I think they had Jamal just still there, and I'd... I doubt they bought him on the cheap, knowing how they function. Um, Elijah Taylor, though, I think they paid a little bit for him. I know they were, they paid big money on Ethan Masters before he even made a debut. I think he might have been on close to 400k a year <laughs> when he first signed up. Wow. Um, they still had Benji there on decent coin. Um, they were still paying out Robbie Farrah. Because I think Farrell was, he would have been on nearly a million a year there. And that's not because that's how much he was worth. That's based on what his salary was, plus the money they owed him from all the pay cuts he took in previous seasons. Mm. Um, yeah, it just goes on. Matt Ballon was there on big coin, not playing anything. Yeah, he played, what, four games, something? Mm. Like that. Tim, Tim Grant, Chris Lawrence, um, Tui Lola here. They, they poached him mid-season from the Warriors. And I don't think they got him on the cheap either. 
So just Kevin Naguama, another one. Jordan Rankin. My God, I'll pain him. Jordan Rankin, yeah. Um, <laughs> Moses Sully. Actually, it was Moses Sully that were paying the big money, not Ethan Masters. Although oh, Ethan okay. Masters was on decent coin, but yeah. Yeah, Moses Sully was the one who got the 400 grand a year before he even made his debut. Look, at when you see him at the at the Manly Seagulls, like he's a, he's definitely a weapon. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can see the potential he has. Yeah, yeah, and you can kind of see if he's doing that in the lower grades, but the problem was he, he didn't have that that physical discipline to, you know, he had the natural talent, he just didn't have the discipline, and he kind of got a little bit of that at the Seagulls. You know, Jason Taylor was not very good with, you know, he didn't, he didn't have control over the playing squad, let's be honest. And, uh, look, the club was still paying out, I think, Curtis Sirenden after he left, Tim Simona when he left. Um. Oh boy, so Dean Hallatow probably because I think he went to the Bulldogs the, the year after. Um, but say say you're running the West Tigers at the time, and and you walk in on the day, like I'm not saying you set it up, but you walk in the day that it's time to make the offer to James Tedesco, and you got all them problems, and someone says to you, "Do you really want to sell the farm to James Tede- for James Tedesco?" You you have to say yes, don't you? At the time, I said I I would want to keep Tedesco and Brooks and let the other two go, let mm-hmm. Moses and Woods go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you okay. know, I was saying those two are the two you need to build around. Yeah. And then when Tedesco went, um, well, all I should have been on Pappenhausen then because he was in the lower grades. Yeah. Bring him up, give him a crack. I think he was only a teenager at the time, but, you know, what were the Tigers going to do? Mm. <laughs> you know? Give him a go, see what happened. I mean, they did that with with Tedesco and turned out to be an absolute gun. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Pappenhausen might become a really good player. You never know. Give him a fucking chance. No, nah, don't worry about that. And then the Melbourne swept in and took him on the cheap, and they've had him ever since. Yeah. And that was the dumb thing about it is that they actually had someone to replace Tedesco with, and they didn't even look at him. And that was the problem, and that's what the club's done a bit too much of in in past years. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it as much now. They're starting to bring some of those local juniors through and they're actually putting them into first grade and giving them a crack, which is mm-hmm. very good to see. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. That's the way to do it. Yeah, that's well, that's right. I mean, you see most of the clubs that are doing that, um, they tend to have, you know, longer, more sustained success. Because mm. you've got players that want, to, that want to be there, so you don't need to send, you know, pay them the, what they deserve and above that to try and get them to your club. They already want to be there, so you just have to give them what they deserve. Yeah. The other thing is, too, you set up a culture at your club of, like, if you're in the lower grades and you push yourself, you will get a first-grade start. Exactly. And even if you don't end your career at the club, man, you got your foot in the door and you're on on television and everyone's seeing what you've got to offer them. Um, you know, and and that's a good thing for your lower grades. And once those players come in, they're cheaper. They're cheaper for a couple of seasons. Um, and, and that's that's what Penrith's working on. And whenever the Penrith Panthers have had success, it has always been on the back of that sort of thing. And, you know, that's why when you, you tap Mansoor on the shoulder and say, dude, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to let you go, it's because you've got the two youngsters on the wing now. And those two need to are now on the clock 
because there will be another young bloke in the lower grades that's like, I'm one step closer if I have a couple of good years in the lower grades, man, I'll be the one that they'll be giving the, the contract to and they'll be tapping, you know, to O on the, on the shoulder. So that's what you've got to set up. And the problem that the Tigers, and I don't need to tell you this, is that they undermined their have undermined their lower grades by signing all these fucking shit players from other clubs. And so young players are like, why would I hang around here when I know I'm not going to get a, a gig? It's pretty much it. Yeah. It sucks. Pretty much it. Yeah, it, sucks. it does. Because they should be like, they should almost be as good as Penrith in terms of just producing young players. That's the thing. They've, they've been able to produce plenty of good young players in the past. And, yeah. A lot of them just go go elsewhere. You, mm. A lot of times you don't even know, don't even realise how many young players came through the West Tigers system. Mm-hmm. They never even got a start in the first grade team. Because yeah. they just went, we're not going to get there because they keep buying other players instead of looking at me. So I'll just go to some other club. And the Tigers just go, okay, see ya. Speaking of buying other players, did you see the New Zealand Warriors um, signed Montoya from the Bulldogs? Yes, yes, yes. I uh, don't understand that at all. Don't know why. Um, I don't know. I mean, they could have just they could have just hung on to Blake Ashford. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I I always feel like with some of the signings the Warriors make, like it's almost like they're standing there at the football at the uh, at the airport at the you know, the arrivals lounge, and they're like, oh, this is really exciting. And you just kind of want to get them by the shoulders and turn them around and say, see everything behind you? That's where you recruit from. Exactly. Exactly. This is a, let's be honest, this is a Nathan Brown recruitment. Yeah. More than anything. He just wants wingers to stand around. It's a it's a bad signing and it's a, a bad sign for the Warriors. They, you know, signings like that are not what they need at all. And they didn't even need any backs. No, even junior backs. They gave gave a few runs to this year. They got backs everywhere. Mm. I don't know why they went that area for. It's just a bit of an odd signing. It really was. But oh well, they've uh, they're helping to make Trent Barrett look a bit better. <laughs> see all of the pictures of Trent Barrett in his first few days of coaching the Bulldogs, smiling, all happy and stuff. It, it, he's always at his best when his teams aren't playing games. That's right. Yeah, I mean, look, he hasn't lost a game yet. Yeah, he's doing well. So he's undefeated at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you, what, he must be pretty happy having a centre of excellence that actually exists. Yeah. That has, like, chairs. Chairs and, and stuff. plants. Yeah. Even has like a weights for him. He'd be sitting there going, "Wow, look at all this stuff! It's so shiny." Be interesting uh, what he would blame because he'd have to blame something. If it all fails again, um, what's he going to blame? I oh, you can still blame the the salary cap debacle from a few years ago. That's that's True. still got a bit of mileage in it. True. Um, I don't know. Maybe blame Foran for leaving the club. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, man, I can't believe they signed Trent Barrett. It's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, that 
that's a uh, a little treat for us the next year, I guess. Yeah, something to look forward to. <laughs> hey, we've got like we've got one more Origin game, and then the Australian season is officially over. And then, I, I, do we have one more international that we've got between? I think we talked about this the other day, didn't we? Where there's one more international game that's been set up. I think so. I'm just having a look now to see if there is. Um, Can't remember who it was between. Uh, no. Oh, that's it. It looks like that's it. There might be some other games, but they're not official. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, no, that's it. We've done them all. Netherlands versus Germany. Yeah, that's the only international this year, eh? So that means that after next week, mm-hmm. you've got to go through and do the uh, King of Rugby League Awards. Yes. Now, I, I obviously, I, I do have a lot of ideas about where I'm going with some of these awards. They're, I will say this. Yep. The main one is still available. Which one's that one? The, the King of Rugby King. League. Yeah. Isn't that Gutherson? No. <laughs> has and he, been, will, has he not, been told? I hope so. <laughs> I, I went, I'm sure if somebody went up and told him, the first thing he'd do is he'd run his fingers through his hair. Um, yeah, it, it's still available. That's all I'll say about that. One of the awards is locked in, and it's going to be – it's interesting. I think, Pete, I think you know the award I'm talking about. International Player of the Year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's, that's been locked in for some time now. Um, and well, yeah. since, since September 26, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a fantastic performance. And but and the other ones, like some of them are pretty obvious. But, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So we might do that one um, the, the Monday. We'll release that podcast maybe the Monday following the last Origin game. How about that? Sounds good. Yeah. All right. We could lock that one in. Okay. Uh, have we had any emails? Let me have a look on the website. Fugo and the freak.com. That's where you send us emails, people. Fire up the internet device. The interwebs. Okay. Let's have a look. No, no emails. No emails. None. Uh, Not one. Feed no comments either. No reviews. I uh, I saw the Vlakabi Mad Squirrels. Oh, yes. The Mad Squirrels. Yeah. I saw that somebody was saying that they should apply to be the 12th team in Super League. And I was going to say the Mad Quackers should really fire up about that because obviously, like, the Mad Quackers are the deathly rivals of the Mad Squirrels. Well, what needs to happen? Yeah. And this is this is how it should go, is the Mad Squirrels should go and join up with Super League. Give yes. them, I'd give them two years. Yeah. And yeah. They'll, they'll win the title. Yeah. The Mad Quackers should also be the next expansion team in the NRL. And I'd give them the same two years. Yeah. Premiers. Yep. World Club Challenge. Yep. 2023. Sounds like a plan. Oh, boy. That is going to be just be violence. 
It really will. It'll be. just be, it'll just be a UFC match with with a football in there. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, the Mad Squirrels like their press conferences because they say cunt a lot. They do. <laughs> they they're not they're not real wordy, but when they are when they are wordy, they they only drop the the C bomb pretty much every second word. Yeah. Um. Love love this love this style. The, the Mad Quack. The weird thing about the Mad Quackers is. Uh, all of their their official club letterheads and stuff. Um, instead of saying like "dear sir" or "dear madam," it's always "you assholes." Yeah, and it's written in. They're all written in blood too. Yeah, that's another weird thing too. Yeah, where are they getting all this blood from? Oh, they just they just punch themselves in the head repeatedly until it starts to bleed, and they just use mm-hmm. that. Okay, and they're crazy. They're fucking crazy like that, bruh. They're off their nut. <laughs> off their fucking nut. Um, I guess that wraps this one up. Yeah, it's been a good episode. It's been uh interesting origin game. We've got a decider, and really, that's all you can hope for. Exactly, exactly. Um, make sure you check us out on Twitter and on Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. You'll be able to check out a League Freak on Twitter tomorrow. Yeah, League Freak Thursday evening about eight or nine p.m. I think it is. I I'm allowed back. And I don't know what I'm going to say for my first tweet, but I'll think of something. It'll either be really, really clever, or it'll be like only half clever. <laughs> <laughs> or it'll just be a repeat of what you said before that got you banned in the for another week. I can't. I, that would normally be what I'd do, but I can't because it'll get permanently banned. I'm not doing that. Um. Also, you can check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. So subscribe to us there, like everything. Um, you can leave comments on the YouTube videos. That's something we'll have to do one day is go through all of the YouTube comments. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good fun. The other thing to do is uh, word of mouth. Like word of mouth is really, really big for podcasts. And we don't really say that too often. Um, so tell your friends to have a listen. And if say to them, listen, can I borrow your phone and I'll say why and it's like I just want to subscribe to a podcast I know you listen to then you go to their photo thing stream like that's the first thing you do but then when you've gone through that then you go to the podcasting app and make sure you subscribe so that's the way to do it absolutely absolutely and uh, that pretty much wraps it up yeah yeah don't forget uh, hey don't forget manscaped.com manscaped.com is the number one source for your personal manscaping equipment. You go there, pick up the Lawnmower 3.0. Fantastic. Waterproof. It's got a high-powered LED light, so you can shave your balls in the dark if you want to, you weirdo. Um, Ceramic blades. They don't go blunt. It has so much charge. You put it on charge once. Don't even have to worry about it for months and months and months. It's fantastic. Uh, you will not be disappointed. So go to manscaped.com, put in our exclusive code. This is only for you lot. It's for no one else. NRL. That's it. 20% off, free shipping. Get a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you will never use it because you will be so impressed with their equipment and then your equipment. Boom. Easy as that. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you all next time.